this podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. straight into it no intro no fancy shit no how is dylan i don't care how dylan is let's just get into it i had a joke i had a joke (sighs) tell your joke i was how are you dylan hi dylan hi guys i have a confession to make i like the new iwgp championship you can you can hate me all you want you can come to my house with pitchforks and stuff i dig it if you don't kind of sus i don't know about that but you know let's move on that that was your joke that was my joke see that's what i mean like it would have been it would have been natural if i didn't have to say hey wait i have something to like you ruined it no it's that's not a joke though that's just a bad take i don't don't, don't understand but it it was like a it was just a little whatever man (laughs) okay um god anyway yeah we have a lot to do so shut up dylan um (laughs) The first show we have to talk about was on uh, the 26th of March. It was at uh, Corken Hall. It was a uh, Stardom Road to Yokohama Dreams in 2021. It drew 464 fans. And in the opener, Saida defended the future belt against Ruaka. Um, I told Dylan beforehand, I'm going to heap praise on Ida. Um, so I'm going to do that now. Uh, this was probably the best match of Ruaka's career, to be quite honest with you. This was so, so good. Like, it was just so... It was worked to a pace that she can work pretty well, and it played to a lot of her strengths with kind of the uh, just being based more in power moves and chops and strikes and stuff like that. And uh, I just think Ida has proven time and time again that she can just mold herself to absolutely anybody and have their kind of match and have it be really, really good. Like when you think back to remember that match she had with like Momo in December, that was just like her getting murdered by Momo, and it was so good. And then she had the one with Mayu that was pretty similar, and it was pretty good. And then you see how she performed in those matches, and how she performed in this match, and how she had to wrestle two very different matches, but she was really good in both. And I just think Ida is so flexible, and like she can really work to absolutely anybody. And uh, this match more than any other proves that one to me because, you know, getting a, you know, a quite a good match out of Rocka is an accomplishment you know obviously Rocka is solid and uh she did her part here too but i mean wrestling jeez how do i say this without sending me into Rocka? <laughs> you know wrestling like a title match you know like a title match level match with Rocka and having it be good is definitely a feather in Edith's cap yeah yeah i definitely get what you're where he's trying to say um and that's no respect to Rocka. it's just that's like singles championship match ruaka isn't necessarily like the first person that comes to mind of oh this is going to be a really good championship match um and in this case it was a really good championship match like you said i feel like ida is exquisite like one of the best on the roster in terms of how she is able to play to 
each of her opponent's strengths. Um, one criticism I have of this match is that it was very much playing to Ruaka's straight strengths, and it wasn't playing to their combined strengths. And what I mean by that is that they definitely could have done a lot more like host shit personally, because that's just what I like in wrestling. Like they could have done more of that, and it, instead of that, it was more of Ruaka beating the shit out of Ida, which is also cool because Ruka looked insane. She looked like a monster. Ida made her look like a million bucks. So I'm cool with how it played out. I think it could have done a bit more uh, to help Ida, but I think Ida carried it and, you know, made it exactly the way that they wanted it to be, making Ruka look like a monster, even if she is, you know, a teenager. And overall, I thought it was a really good match. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if, like, the Haas fight thing is too much of a, like, critique, because I thought it was a really good, hard-hitting match, but, uh, yeah, that, that's my take on it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the next match, then, uh, was Natsupoi. And Ida won with the Irigan, by the way. So that's, that she did. That's her diamond dust. I really like that move. It's, it's, it's a really good move. Cool. It's I just cool. wanted, to, I wanted to give it a shout. Okay. Um, the next match was uh, Natsupoi beating Goki and Death and Lady C in a triple threat match. Uh, this was pretty fun, I thought. You know, it had, a, it had the comedy spots that you'd expect from, you know, a Death and a Lady C match. Um, but then there was some really, really good spots down the stretch as well where all three were involved that I think made it stand out from your usual kind of comedic, comedic, entertaining opener. Um, I know this wasn't the opener, but this felt like the opener in spirit, you know what I mean? Like, it was wrestled more like the opener than uh, the future of Stardom title match. But, uh, yeah, it was fun, you know? Credit to all three. You know, actually, now that I think about it, I wrote this as the opener. I don't know why, but <laughs> I said this is a good opener. And then the next match I said was the second. I don't know, but you're right. It did feel like a, an opener, and it was a really good one. Um, Death is, like, one of the best comedy wrestlers in wrestling. Like, she is so good. Um, I'm really dreading the fact that she's probably going to Oedo Tai and is probably going to do less comedy shit. That really annoys me um but that's besides the point we'll get to that later i thought this was a really really good match uh not supposed one with the backlash lady c is tall they <laughs> did a lot of like combined spots like you said there was this one roll-up spot where lady c and death tried to pin not supposed and then not supposed tried to pin it was a, it was a really like like just great spot and it was really well worked um especially for lady c standards you don't really expect her to have a really like clean and like well paced and you know very well put together match like this one, so it, it was a a little a little better than your average three way opener. Um, like you said, I, I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's it definitely feel like the opener in spirit, uh, which uh, is evidenced by you <laughs> noting it down as the opener. Um, but yeah, the the match that followed that then uh, I don't have as much praise for this. Uh, Himeka and Micah beat Hina and Utami. Uh, Hina is much taller now, and she has new gear uh, that looks pretty good um, and this was just very formulaic I thought like you just it just went exactly how you'd expect it to and it never really strayed from that and it, it was never really that exciting except for like the brief periods where Utami and uh, Himeka were doing host stuff yeah at first when I was starting this match I was like you know three members of this match are in the last two matches at Yokohama I don't know why they aren't a little bit further down the card, like just a tiny bit, because obviously, excuse me, obviously Hina is Hina, but, you know, at first I was like, that seems kind of weird that it's like, you know, Jumbo, Micah, and Utami are all in the, what I said, second match of the show, but it's actually a third match. But after I watched it, it sort of made sense. It was 90% Hina getting beat up, 
um, which again was expected, but it was it was fun to watch. I think Hina hasn't really missed a beat. You know, she she her selling and her offense, everything looked just as good as it used to be, if not a little bit better. Um, one little interesting tidbit was that Micah in the in the pre-show or in the pre-match promo said that she likes Han Hannon way more than Hina, and that she is going to celebrate Hannon and not Hina. And I'm just like, that's a interesting thing to mention. But you know, I, I thought it was I thought it was like a cute little thing. I think Micah and Jumbo are becoming my new favorite. Like when it comes to like promos, because obviously all my favorite promos end up getting taken by Oedotai. Uh So I think I think Micah and Jumbo are quickly becoming like my favorite uh, promo duo because they always say just like funny or like just cool shit, and I really like it. Um, yeah, like you said, Jumbo and Itami did some fun hot shit, and eventually Jumbo pinned Hina with the Psycho Driver. Uh, it was fine. I, I thought that it showed that Hina can still sell her ass off and is still good at that. Uh, and it showed that she can still throw a mad judo fucking throw. So that that's all you really need to see in this sort of match. Um, yeah, not much to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're. I agree with you there, though, that um, Micah, Micah and Himeka are such a fun promo. They're basically just like this lovely couple. They're not really a couple, but uh, you, you can tell Micah is giving her the heart eyes all the time, but you know, it just like this lovely fun couple. Dude, it is. Together. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are quite a duo. Like, just like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love them. Yeah, they're cool. Um, the match that followed that, though, uh, it was uh, Hanan's Mayu Ibutani and Starlight Kid. Uh, they beat Natsuko Tora, Rina, and Saki Kashima. Uh, Rina was returning here. Uh, Rina <laughs> got so tall. She, she is like... now. She is now bigger. She is like the second tallest member of the of the group at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, she like that's insane. Yeah, she just had. She's got so tall, and uh, she had new gear as well. Um, so yeah, you almost wouldn't recognize her. <laughs> like she was so different. Um, and yeah, the they had Hanan beat Rina, which is pretty cool. Uh, they they got the uh, the armbar over as her submission finisher, and um, I honestly can't remember much about this match. You know who, I feel like I enjoyed you... it, but uh, it that was it, you know, because I I reviewed this match and I know I liked it, but I legitimately cannot think of a single thing that stood out to me about it. I have a I have a few notes, but you know who handed Hanan that finisher, do you? Yeah, go on. Kagetsu back mm-hmm. on her last day in stardom when she had the, the big gauntlet match where she wrestled everybody for a minute. She pinned all of the all of the juniors or not pinned, she beat all the juniors with the jumping arm bar and then said, Hanan, I want you to use that move and use it as effectively as I did. Cute as shit. Kagetsu's the goat. Love her forever. Besides the point, um, this match I really enjoyed. I thought this was a really, really good match. Uh, the and the OG emo child is, I'm always happy about that. Uh, and she's got the new gear. I think it's really interesting that you look back like three years ago, and it's like Rina, Hina, and Hanan all have like similar gear to what they started with, where it's like all blue with a little bit of another color, all all pink with a little bit of another color, all yellow with a little bit of another color. They literally have like it's been multiple years now, but they're still the same i don't know it's one of those things where it's like i really like seeing a wrestler develop from the from their like beginning to their end and this isn't their end obviously still have a lot of time to go but i really like that little you know synchronicity there uh yeah this match was really really good i really enjoyed it rena came out with handcuffs 
Um, mm. And she clearly hasn't hasn't really learned how to use them properly because at some point off camera, somebody locked her to the guardrail. <laughs> and like, she, because she brought the handcuffs and she's like, yeah, I'm going to hit you with it. And then like five minutes later, you see that she's locked to the guardrail and Rook is trying to break it off. It was the funniest shit. Um, and then Stars just beat up Saki for a while, including, and we talked about this um, a couple of days ago, including Mayu kicking Saki in the face so hard that she started laughing. Like she like broke down, like almost crying laughing because of how hard she kicked her in the face. It was really funny. I, I really enjoyed this match. I felt like, I feel like there's two types of Oedo Tai Stars matches. It's either a Stars match with Oedo Tai like, trying to foil stars's like you know offense or it's a way to tie just like beating the shit out of them endlessly until eventually stars makes a really you know fine a really fine comeback and it's you know fine i feel like it was one of those stars matches and i really enjoyed it yeah really fun sucks how not excited i am for yokohama because this match was really good yeah i'm, I'm glad you uh you remembered some points. I don't know why I just blanked on this one, even though I remember thinking, I was like, oh my god, they're doing the handcuff spots again. I hate it so much. And I also remember thinking it was amazing that Mayu laughed uh, because she kicked Saki really hard. Um, but yeah, I just blanked before that. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't know. I feel I, like... I appreciate, I appreciate the handcuff spot because it's like, it wasn't like the focus of the match it was just like rena's like yeah i got handcuffs then she goes beat up hannon and then a couple minutes later you see rena locked to the guard like that was really funny yeah. uh just like like i i enjoyed it as long as it's not like the focal point of the match like that one mayu versus saki match a couple months ago as long as it's not the focal point of the match i enjoy a, a good you know comedic handcuff spot but yeah go on sorry it's fair and um, yeah i can understand you not being excited for the the stairs away to tie match at Yokohama probably just because like it's the the stipulation is almost like well I don't want any of these people to change factions so it's more like even if the match is great you're going to be disappointed afterwards so I get it but um we'll probably talk about that more a bit later um I want to know your yeah. thoughts on this next match though uh the Donadon Mundo team of Julia and Siri beat the Black Widows of B Priestley and Konami um, I thought this was nice to see Julia and Siri like pulling out tag team moves and stuff like that. As I said, I think it was last week. I what was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you all right? No, he's not all right. My dog just went fucking crazy. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, well, yeah, that that happened. Um, but yeah, the Siri and Julia always felt like two like stable mates that teamed up because they had to and that was pretty much it but now they feel like an actual tag team which i appreciate like they've made an effort to to make them feel like an actual duo instead of just two people in the same faction who are kind of forced to team together on occasion um and that was what really stood out to me about this match i thought it was better than your standard black widows match and i did enjoy it um even though there is a limit on how much i can enjoy this kind of match but um yeah i'm interested in how dylan felt about it uh so I'll, I'll get into what you said because i have a i have a rebuttal to that but dragon moon um really reliable translator on twitter uh you know he translates a lot of the shoe pro interviews and whatnot mm -hmm. he said that this is one of the best tag team matches he's seen in stardom in a long time and you know as much as i appreciate and love the guy he is a liar um 
I didn't have to watch this one. I mean, like, I, I watched it, and, like, I didn't hate all of it. I thought that some of it was really good. Um, Kanavi versus Sherry, namely, they had a lot of fun stuff. Uh, Julia and Sherry did have a few good, you know, tag team stuff. Um, B was there. Like, it, it was not horrible, but I, I didn't have to watch it. it. It felt lifeless, which I think that... I've been trying to figure out why I don't like the, the Black Widows matches. It's because they typically feel lifeless, and my dog is about to start barking at me again, and I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> but I, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like they're really just not, they don't have a lot of like energy to them. And if they do, it feels like it's manufactured in a way. I'm I'm just not a big fan of that. But I want to mention, you said that, you know, Julian Sherry feel like a tag team now. And I don't like that because, and we'll get into it a little bit later, because the entire point of like the, the tag match, the tag title match at Yokohama is it's two individuals versus a tag team. Um, and that was how it was built. That's how Julia and Sherry have been building it. That's how they've been talking about it. Is that it's like, we're the two best individuals in DDM. And then, you know, Micah and Himika are like, oh, well, we're the best tag team in DDM. So, and that was sort of the story. And then Julia and Sherry's like, maybe we should like be a tag team. And I was like, but that's not how the story works, Scott. Like, that, like the entire, whatever. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. But I, I wasn't a big fan of like them trying to be more cohesive because it sort of like disrupts the the trope that they were going for but that's you know that's just a personal little uh nitpick i thought it was fine it was not i didn't have to watch it and i don't think that like i would have missed out on anything if i didn't watch it but i did i would have missed out on sherry kicking konami in the head so i mean you know <laughs> all's well that ends well fair um i think that the story that you're talking about they've stopped telling because uh on the Edion show, they started to tell the story of like uh, friction in DDM. So I think they've moved away from the uh, oh well, we're the two individuals and we're better than the team to oh, there's actual tension now. So I think the the story that you're unhappy about. See, and is, I hate uh, that. I know. I hate that because because that's one of my favorite tropes is the two individuals versus the tag team. Um, and that would have been that would have given a clear reason for you know um um Mahime to win you know for for them to win instead of like oh well we're both good tag teams but who is obviously going to win here between two tag teams one having Shuri and Julia and one having Mike like it it's become sort of clear that it's like I'm worried about Mahime retaining and I really want them to uh but yeah we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later um I see what you mean but yeah we'll get into it okay um so the main event then of the Korokan show was uh the Cosmic Angels team of Mina Shirakawa, Tam Nakano, and Unagi Sayaka. Uh, they beat Queen's Quest, uh, Azumi, Momwatanabe, and Sayakamitani. I thought this was great. I love this. Uh, Queen's Quest does not miss, basically. They are just incredible. And uh, credit to the Angels, like they kept up for the most part, and they did their part really well. Um, and this is probably their best match together by far. And, you know, I think that's just because they're in there with, you know, three of the best, most consistent big match performers in stardom. Um, I thought, as well, they advanced some of the little stories that were going on, like uh, Mina and Momo don't like each other, and they had a little bit of an exchange. Uh, Unagi and Saya don't like each other, and they had some exchanges. And then I thought Tam and Momo did some really fun stuff down the stretch. And uh, I know people were not happy uh, that Tam pinned Momo. Uh, to me, that's just, you know, 
one of the top four basically in stardom pinning Momo is not all that surprising. Um, that's just how it is, I guess. You know, like Tam is one of their main stars now, whether we like it or not. So her getting pins over people like Momo is going to happen. And I think the only problem that I have with that is that I don't see it going anywhere. You know, I feel like if I felt as if these Momo losses were part of this big overarching story, I think I'd be a lot happier about it and I'd be more willing to just kind of go along with it. But it just doesn't feel like that's a story they're telling. Like, she's just losing and that's just it. And uh, I think when you have Azumi and, and Saya right there to take the pin instead, it's uh, it's probably worrying for big Momo fans. But for me, it's just kind of like, well, yeah, she lost, I guess. See, and I think that the biggest frustration comes in for me when Azumi gets pinned the next day. Um, is that then it feels like, oh, so like Queen's Quest is just in the mud. Like it's not it's not a matter of like, oh, you know, Momo's in the mud and then Queen's Quest is sort of like, you know, advancing without her. It's that, oh, so Queen's Quest is sort of not having a good time right now. Um and that that's a little bit alarming because and I wrote this down because I think it's a very, very good line for me to say. Um, because I plan everything I say, nothing's like everything is planned. Um, if professional wrestling was a meritocracy, it would be a monarchy because Queen's Quest is the best, like they're the best wrestlers in the world. It's not even like close anymore, except for maybe like Mayu. It is very, very clear that, and from this match alone, like I can, like this is proof in the pudding that's like they are the best wrestlers in wrestling for me. Um, this was really, really good. This match altogether was really good. Uh, it made me forget, Jesus Christ, it made me forget that the Cosmic Angels have been wrestling the exact same match every show since December because it was so good. Like, that that's how good it was. And you guys know how, like, frustrated I get with the Cosmic Angels sometimes. Really, really, really good match. Like you said, I wish there was more immediate plans for QQ because um, it really doesn't feel like there are. Uh, it feels like they are on the back burner. And and this is this is something that I, I won't get into too much, but I feel like as a as a stardom fan, my main two are Queen's Quest and Stars, then a little bit further down is DDM, then a little bit further down is Away to Time um Cosmic Angels. So for me, right now, with Queen's Quest and Stars both sort of floundering as of right now, it's not a good time for me to be a stardom <laughs> fan, I'll be honest. It's it's really rough. Um because they're basically losing constantly it's it's a hard a hard pill to swallow um but you know it i don't know I, i'm like you said it feels like there's no real you know way out for momo because it's like there's no real story of her being a loser you know there's no real like oh well she'll have this comeback art she'll have a redemption arc because they aren't treating it like she's losing they're just treating it like she is losing without be without mattering whatsoever you know what i mean and that makes it matter even more if that makes sense to y'all like it, it feels there's so much more to it than oh well she's losing she'll she'll bring it back eventually because you don't know if she's going to bring it back because they haven't been really saying that there's any reason for her to need to bring it back because i don't know it we talk about this endlessly but it's it is frustrating uh actually it's it's sort of funny because the the finish of this match, would you like to would you like to call it? Um, yeah, or basically, Tom hit the the violet screwdriver and then did the the tiger flex. See, and and I re 
what I sow on that one, because if you remember last week, I said, I'll be cool with it if Tam hits the Violet Screwdriver. <laughs> and then she did. And I was just like, well, I guess that I got to. I guess I gotta not be too upset about it, but you know, it's it hurts. It it really hurts. That's as a fair. Queen's Quest guy. I think what I would say is I might earmark this match because I think there are potential avenues where this plays into the future. I think it's definitely possible that the end game for Momo is winning back the, the, the white belt from Tam or this is to kick off something between Saya and Tam eventually. Because uh, I don't know if you noticed, but after the match, they had a bit of a moment. And uh, that kind of reminded me of the whole thing of uh, Kamatani choosing Queen's Quest over Tam. And I think that's an interesting thing that they can bring back in the future. And I don't know if they will, but I think this being a starting point for Tam to be like, well, you chose them over me, and now look how this is going. We're, we're the winners. We're, you know, I'm a champion. And, you know, QQ is in the mud. So I think that's an interesting thing that if they decide to play into in the future, then this match becomes even better in hindsight because it would play into that. But uh, I'm also not sure if that's their end game here. Yeah, um, we'll get into a little bit in the Yokohama stuff, but I'm I'm sort of thinking that I have like three possible like winners here or of the of the Cinderella specifically. Three possible winners. One of them is Saya, and the other two are either Mika or Himika. Um, so that's sort of like my thought process is that Saya could effectively win the Cinderella, um, and that can lead into the Tam match. So I, I agree that there is something brewing there, and this could be the start of it. Um, but as of right now, I am still sad because <laughs> Queen's Quest are in the mud. Um, also, after this match. Tam calls out Natsupoi and says some more toxic shit because she's Tam and she does that. Uh, so, yeah. Define toxic shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. She was just like, man, you're a faker. Like, you're a loser. And then Natsupoi is like, you always, like, oh, because, and this is a very specific thing, is that, and Natsupoi called this out, that it's like, Tam always reminds everybody how hard she worked that it becomes like, okay, we get it. Like, you're you're overcompensating for something. And then I realized, and this is getting into a bit of the, the Yokohama preview stuff, but I've realized that she does that to justify being a horrible person as a character, being a horrible person. <laughs> like, because think about it, like with the with the star shit and now with the not spoil shit, with, with everything, it's like, well, I had with the Arisa shit, it's like, well, I need to become champion because I'm a pro wrestler and I want to be the... And it's like, she says that, and then she just is the worst friend of all time. Like, she's just a horrible person after that. Like, it, it, like, and then it's like, well, you know, I had to do what I had to do. It's like, no, you did a horrible thing. Like, you're a mean person. And and this is one of those times. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I feel like you're gonna one day have to go to a therapist with Cosmic Angels because <laughs> you just dude. I I need to go to a therapist so for a lot of reasons, including the Cosmic Angels. <laughs> oh god. Okay. But yeah. Um. All right. We have more shows to review before we get into Yokohama. Uh, we might jam right through them because uh, they were really just kind of there for the most part. Um. But the first one was uh, the afternoon show at the Eddie Onusaka Arena number two. Um, this had 285 fans, which is a pretty decent number. 
Uh, the opener was Siri versus uh, Lady C and Mom Watanabe. Uh, Siri submit Lady C for the win. Um, the the pre match for this, I don't know if you watched it, but it was pretty fun because Siri was like, "Yeah, so I'm facing Momo today." Yeah. Oh, and, and Lady C is gonna be there too. And then Momo was like, "Yeah, me and either or me and Siri are wrestling today." And yeah, Lady C is gonna be there too. So they did some of the. The opening grappling was just Siri and Momo going at it, with Lady C looking at them, being like, "I, I want to get involved. Let me get in." And uh, I thought that was a funny way to start. And uh, I actually thought this was pretty good. I think Lady C has looked better than ever in her last couple of matches. Like I thought her and Momo did some really good stuff here. Um, but again, like it's nothing to go out of your way to see. Like it was just pretty solid work all around, and uh, Siri got a, a win ahead of the Yokohama main event. Yeah, um, I watched the pre-matches and they were really funny because Momo was like, "Oh, I guess, I guess the tall person's here too." <laughs> okay. Um, and then Shuri got the win with the disarmor style Fujiwara, which is one of my favorite moves. So I, I, I dug that. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was. I didn't really watch most of it, sort of like skip through it to see, you know, the pre-match and the finish and see a little bit of the the stuff. Momo, of course, does not win because Momo doesn't win anymore. And yeah, it was fine. Okay. Uh, the next match then was uh, B Priest and Konami. They beat Mayu Otani and Sai Ida. Uh, Priestly pinned Ida instead of Mayu, which I expected to happen. Um, and yeah, this was this was back to solid Black Widow stuff. Uh, I liked some of the finishing stretch with uh, Ida and B going at it, and then I kind of liked that the finish came out of nowhere. Like B just reversed a move and then smashed her in the face with Kamigoye, which is pretty funny. Um, or not funny, but yeah, uh, pretty fun. And uh, yeah, that was that was it. Does it look like I give a fuck? <laughs> I knew you didn't watch. Does this. it look like I give a fuck? Okay. <laughs> no, not at all. Like uh, it was like of all the matches that I was thinking of watches from the show, this was like like I was like, no, I'm not doing that. That's fair. It was it was pretty like bland. It was lacking, you know. It was lacking passion. It was like you know it, that's the thing about these these Black Widows matches is that it's like they're very lifeless, and it's like even if they have a good opponent and even if there's some good stuff in it, overall it feels like it is dead inside, similar to me, and <laughs> I don't like things that are like me, so you know it's yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. You say more and more worrying things every every episode. It's, uh... <laughs> I know. I'm realizing that. I was like, I should probably like, I should probably tone it down a little bit because people are gonna get worried. <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. I'm good, guys. Uh, okay. Uh, the the next match then. Uh, this is you're not gonna be okay after this. Uh, in the first round of the no. unit tournament, uh, the Cosmic Angels, uh, Mina, Tam, and Unagi beat the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Sayakamitani, and Utami Hayashishita. Um, this was another really, really good match between the two factions. Um, it was just a smidge worse than the, the match from Corican, but like still really, really fun. Uh, Unagi and Saya, again, did some really, really good stuff together. And uh, Azumi showed out, as always, because it's Azumi. And yeah, I, you know, we had thought QQ and DDM would be the final of this tournament. Uh, QQ and DDM both lost in the first round, so you know. That was pretty interesting. Uh, Tam pinning Azumi was was interesting because um, basically Tam reversed you know a roll up attempt from Azumi, so I mean it was really showing off her technical prowess, and she kind of got a bit of a flash win over Azumi. But you know that was it; they knocked out the uh, the favorites. 
Yeah, and the thing is, is that um, after they lost the artist match at Korokin, Izumi said, well, we're going to come to Osaka, and we're going to win the tournament, and then we're going to challenge for the artist belts again, because I ain't, I ain't doing that. I ain't losing shit. And then she lost. And uh, <laughs> again, as a, as a Queen's Quest fan, that shit hurts. Um, yeah, it, I, I didn't watch this one. I wanted to, and I was thinking of it, but like it was 1 a.m. by the time I saw it, and I was just like, I don't think I, I want to watch another 20-minute match, period. So um, so I didn't end up watching it. I probably will go back and watch it uh, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll watch it when I watch it. But okay. yeah, uh, Queen's Quest lost again. They did. Um, this was only 15 minutes, by the way, so it wasn't too bad, to be honest with you. Oh wow! Because I I saw the I saw the like timestamp and it said like twenty two minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this is like the third match on the card. Twenty two minutes that seems a bit long. Um, but then again, it's like you know introductions and shit are pretty long, uh, especially for like champions and whatnot. So, I I think I was probably just you know, I was probably just tired and I was just like I need an excuse not. Right now. That's fair. Um, to be honest, I felt that way about the next match. Uh, the way to tie. Uh, versus DDM first round match, I was like clicking into the file earlier and I just had this sense of, ugh, <laughs> like I did not want to watch this at all. Um, but to be honest with you, it was actually a good match. Uh, Natsuko Tora, Ruaka and Saki Kashima bet uh, Julia, Hameka and Micah. Um, this went 16 minutes and uh, to be honest, they filled the time pretty well. Like it's nothing great, but it was much better than I thought it would. Like it made me go from... I do not want to watch this at all, too. Okay, this was this is pretty good. Um, so, you know, they won me over. Um, the interesting bit, I think, was uh, the miscommunication between uh, Mahime and Julia, which there was two or three different points where things just kind of happened, and you were like, oh, they are not on the same page. So they really were playing up the tension between the, the two teams because, you know, Siri obviously sided with Julia after. And uh, Micah and Himeka did not look all too happy with Julia because Julia kicking uh, Himeka led to Himeka losing. So, you know, it was, um, they used this to further the storyline of DDM and surprisingly gave away to tie a win, which, you know, they sometimes just win randomly on these shows in matches that you didn't expect. Yeah. I think I think I'm becoming I became frustrated when I saw these results because and this is a bit of a spoiler guys for five minutes in the future um because a way to tie winning means that they are challenging and um I don't know if anybody remembers but they could just like be completely down a member in like four days so I don't know why like I don't know why they would like make that up whatever man <laughs> okay I swear, this this Stars versus Oedo tie match is like increasingly making me more and like the more I like think about it, the closer it gets, the more annoyed I am that it's happening. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like they really um, we'll talk about more about this later, but they really just rushed it. It seems like they were like, oh shit, we need a big match for Yokohama. Uh, let's do this, and they've kind of rushed it. I mean, Rina, Rina, and Hanan weren't even here until like, after they said this was going to be the match. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fucking insane. Uh-huh. Well, Hannon was here. Like, she just came back. Um, it's Yeah, I, I'm just not. Uh. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, 
but yeah, the uh, that was that match. So uh, the the final then the tournament was Cosmic Angels versus Oedo Tai with uh, QQ and DDM wrestling in a third place playoff. That happened on the next show. Uh, the main event of this uh, afternoon show was Natsupoi beating Starlight Kid uh, to retain her high speed championship. Um, I watched this earlier. I I know it was good, but I also didn't get super into it like i wasn't super invested or super excited but i can definitely acknowledge yeah. that the work was good yeah it didn't really catch my attention like a lot at all um it's one of those high speed matches where it's like it probably should have gone short shorter and it's like it was only like i don't know what the time was i think it was like nine ten minutes maybe 12. but i hope it was it was 12 Damn. Mm-hmm. um but i think it, i think it probably should have been like seven or eight uh and that's not because it's like oh i don't want to see these people in in longer matches it's just because after like you know the seven eight minute mark it starts being like okay it's no longer high speed they're just wrestling um and you know that happened with the azumi starlight kid match way back when at the first yokohama show and i was okay with that because i think starlight kid and azumi have the best chemistry out of any two wrestlers basically in the company so that was fine you know they still kept it you know adrenaline filled this one didn't really like i mean it was a good match like you said it was like it was good like for every you know metric but it just didn't fill the time properly for a high speed match if that makes sense afterwards natsupoi mentions that this is the seventh time that kid challenged for the high speed title and i wanted to cry because jesus fucking seven times Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot. That isn't like that's that's jungle levels of upsetness. Like that's insane. I mean, that's most of those insane. Man. Most of those are when kid was like a like a child wrestler though. So I mean, they don't really count to be fair. Well, I mean, like what was it? Two or three of them were against uh, Hazuki. Three of them were in matches with Riho, and yeah. then. But she only really graduated when she wrestled Azumi that time. That was kind of her unofficial graduation to like being a normal roster member. So like, I, I you know of the seven, True. like five of them took place when she was, you know, going to lose. Yeah, but you know, like just like the the metric is really not a good look. You know what I mean? I guess, but I also feel like the result of the her match on the next show was a big indicator of how highly they think of her. So I, I don't I don't mind it too much. Oh, I have no idea what the fuck happened in the next show. Okay, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. Well, other I mean, than other than the the trio stuff. Yeah. See, I don't blame you because uh, not only I don't think the the Stardom English Twitter like tweet out the results for this, but it's also not up yet. So like, I don't blame you for not knowing what happened. Yeah. So um. The... I, all I know is that there was a draw and then a way to tie one. There was two draws. There was two? Jesus yeah. okay. Christ. So, um, I'll get into it. So the the second show that day um, was same Ediano Saka Arena number two, uh, 28th of March. Uh, they did 227 fans. So 20 people went out to get lunch and then got lost um, and didn't return. So uh, they, they did a little bit less than the, the first time. And the opener, B Priestley beat Lady C. Uh, I can tell you now, this is a match that I will not be going back to watch, and uh, neither will Dylan. Um, the match after that then Well, was... it depends on the finish. Because re- remember I said if she hit the Regal Plex, that's probably really like cool looking on Lady C. But um, yeah, I probably won't. 
See, so, yeah, I don't know the Finnish because, uh, as I said, the uh, English account did not tweet it out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> I, mm, Storm's been getting on my nerves this week. I don't know why. They haven't even been doing anything specifically annoying. But it's just like, I don't know. I think I came to the realization that it's like QQ really is in the mud. And it's it's painful. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can I can understand how you'd feel that way. Um, but I think you'd be happy about this result of the next match. Uh, Konami versus Momotanabe versus Starlight Kid in a 3A match went to a 15-minute draw. Um, the reason this is a positive to me is that Kid didn't take the pin. I think that's a really good sign of how highly they see her, given Konami is like the second strongest book person in a way to tie. And like, obviously Momo is still, you know, I guess... Momo. Yeah, like she's still Momo, so I mean, not having Kid take the pin there is a good sign that they're like, okay, yeah, we didn't want Kid to lose in this match, and uh, we wanted people to see her as equals to these two talented people. So I think, you know, that's a that's a good result. Yeah, the the pro is that Starlight Kid didn't get the t- didn't take the pin. The con is that Konami also didn't take the pin. Oh. <laughs> Man, I I know that like Konami has like the most fans of like like on the internet, so I imagine at least a couple of them listen to this, and it's really fun just knowing how like because it's just really fun saying Konami sucks even though she doesn't. Um. So yeah, but yeah. you know, you like uh, getting us in trouble. I, I wish I wish. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I I know that it's like Momo doesn't win anymore, but I would have liked her to win this uh personally but you know it, it is what it is i'm sure it was a fine match um because 15 minutes ain't, ain't that bad and you know all three of them are are good wrestlers even though i i give panami a hard time sometime yeah i i'm happy to hear that kid is on that level maybe she'll have a good cinderella run better than the past couple years where she's been getting her ass beat uh so yeah mm-hmm um, the next match then on the show was uh, Natsupoi and Suri. They beat Mayu Utani and Saeeda. Um, yeah, that, that was that. The match after that then was the third place playoff in the unit tournament. Uh, Dong Del Mondo and Queen's Quest wrestled to a 15-minute draw, so they both took third place um, because, you know, I guess you can't have any of them pull out a win, even though I guess Julia is right there. Bald. They both lost. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the day before, but yeah. Also, you know, a little quick thing. I feel like they, I am, I don't like that Ida cannot win. Mm-hmm. Ever. Like, it, it's becoming an issue, and it's like, obviously she's only a couple years in, Uh, but it's, I don't know. I feel like she has to win, like, a couple. Like, Mayu isn't bringing the and Kid up. Ida and Kid are bringing Mayu down, and I really hate that because Ida and Kid are really, really good. So it kind of is frustrating in that way, but, you know, um, I get why High Speed Champion and SWA Champion aren't taking pins to Ida. So mm-hmm. I get that. It's just a little thing that, like, grinds my gears, you know? That's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the main event then of this uh, Osaka show was the final of the unit tournament. Uh, Natsuko Tora, Raka, and Saki Kashima bet the Cosmic Angels to win the tournament. Uh, afterwards, they challenged for the Artists of Stardom titles. So not only have we seen this same trios match uh, on a random Yamagata show two weeks ago, 
we saw it now, and we're going to see it again for the Iris Belts. Uh, they're running this back, and uh, and we're seeing this on this show right now. Yeah, like of, <laughs> of all the matches to do three times in a short space of time, I think uh, the way to tie C team versus Cosmic Angels is not one of the ones that I would have asked for. To be quite honest, you know, it's so weird how often they do this with Tam when Tam is probably like the worst person to do it with, because it's like, I don't know. I think they, I think they watched Tam and Natsuko wrestle like seven times a couple years ago and went tam should wrestle everybody that she wrestles at least nine times before anything meaningful happens and that's just that's just dumb because it feels like they do that a lot and it's it's man it's very uh new I, I go back i go back to that i go back to that natsuko tam match all the time bro you do. <laughs> like every fucking episode but yeah, yeah. kigetsu like and it. uh that one tam natsuko match is your your calling cards Oh, yes, indeed. I mean, the good shit, bro. I mean, like, that stuff was, like, pog, man. That's fair. Um, But, yeah, that was that. Uh, we Obviously, that show isn't up, so we can't really talk much about it. But, you know, the uh, unit tournament final shocked us um, and uh, has me upset because I do not want to watch these teams wrestle again. But uh, we're going to have to, so we look forward also, to that. Also, like I said, it it really hurts the stipulation. Like, it contradicts the stipulation. Obviously, you think that if Stars wins, it's just going to be a cop-out. But it really hurts the stipulation that it's like, oh, there is no way that one of these three are going to go to Stars, um, which really sucks, in my opinion. Because it's like, obviously, yeah, like, oh, Stars says they don't want any member of Oda's side, but it's like, it really hurts the stipulation when it's like, there's stuff planned for the future already that goes against the stipulation you have in place like in a couple days i don't like that that's just one of those pet peeves of mine in wrestling uh and especially in stardom because they do it kind of frequently and i'm not a fan but yeah yeah okay um to be honest i don't think it, it it's as big as it's you're making it out to be i think We'll have to wait to see the promo, obviously, but Oedo Tai could have just gone, well, Oedo Tai will challenge you. They might not have said us three will challenge you, so I think they might have some flexibility there based on what the actual promo ends up being. Um, because, you know, obviously, sometimes what the stardom, uh, you know, accounts tweet out and what is actually said are slightly different in important ways. So I wouldn't be surprised if Oedo Tai were just like, well, we, Oedo Tai, are going to challenge you. And it also kind of makes sense in some ways because Natsuko doesn't think they're going to lose, so of course you'd be like, oh, well, all three of us are going to be in the faction, so yeah, of course we'll challenge you after. Yeah, that, that's also what I was thinking was that, like, well, I mean, like, you want to, you know, do this, you know, you want to feel like you're not going to lose, you don't want to, like, give away the, the game, but it's just one of those things that's like, oh, so this is the match that's planned, and it's, you know, I don't know, it, it's one of those small pet peeves that really don't matter, but it's just one of my annoyances one of my That's many fair. annoyances in life <laughs> yeah you uh you you take those microaggressions to heart yes i do um okay um but yeah that's uh that's all for the review section now we have uh the big one to to talk about uh yokohama dream cinderella 2021 in spring at the yokohama budokan uh sales of tickets have stopped now so you can't buy them unless you walk up at the venue as far as I know, based on when I last checked, uh, nothing had sold out, and only like one ticket tier was uh, limited. 
which uh, does not sound good attendance-wise. I don't know, they could pull it out of the bag with a, a big walk-up attendance. Maybe that's what Yokohama is like. But uh, the advanced sales don't look great. That's tough. Um, yeah, you know, their their last Yokohama attendance wasn't stellar. It was like a thousand, which they were expecting quite a lot more, I believe. Um, but, you know, can't can't really can't really blame people for not going because it is sort of not i want to say it's a weak card but it's not the strongest card they could have done honestly uh and i personally believe that they probably should have given the cinderella a big show instead of two quarkins um but you know that's just me i'm not the promoter so i you know what yeah. does it matter i think uh sakura genesis is on the same day as this right yeah, yeah, yeah and I think that's a big one because obviously they, they're on different times of the day, but like these people aren't made of money, so I don't think you could go to both shows in one day. You know, that'd be very expensive. So I feel like there's a lot of the fan base yeah. that's going to be split between the two where you have to pick which one you want to go to more. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like Yokohama and Tokyo are pretty close, but it's like they aren't close enough to where it's like oh, I'm going to go to this stardom show, and then a couple hours later, I'm also going to travel to New Japan. Because that's a lot of... Like, it's not like that's, like, just a thing that people are going to do. It's not like, you know, the the Budokan to Tokyo Dome or, like, Korokan Hall to Tokyo Dome. It's not like it's, oh, it's down the street. You know, I'll just, you know, go to this one, go to this one. You know, easy. Again, it's not far, but it's not one of those things that it's like, oh, I will just do this forehead. It's It's more of like, oh, I'm going to have to choose more than likely. So that's one of those issues that I don't know. I don't know why they booked it on the same day. It wasn't really the smartest idea, but you know, again, I'm not the promoter. That's, that's their, you know, bridge to cross. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, I don't know. I hope they pull it out of the bag. And I think, I assume the building rent is cheap. So, I mean, I feel like if they pull anywhere better than they do at Cork and then they'll probably see this as a success because I feel like this lineup for the most part is something that last year or the year before in like the early 2020 we would have seen as a Cork and show so maybe they're just testing the limits of how much they can draw without throwing everything at the wall um but you know I, I hope it does well although I can see how some fans might just kind of be like well no I'm, I'm going to Sacro Genesis instead um but yeah I don't know We'll have to wait and see. Um, hopefully the pay-per-views sell well. Um, I know Dave Meltzer reported that the, the All-Star Cinderella did like 700 buys, which is decent. Yeah, honestly, you're, you're saying that, you know, a couple years ago it would have been a, you know, um, Corican match. I honestly think that the 10th anniversary in Corican, yeah, it probably could have been a Corican match two, three months ago, like a Corican show. Because mm -hmm. it basically was, like if like I'm looking at now, pound for pound, same amount of you know, high profile things. <laughs> so it's like yeah, it could have been a Corkin like two months ago. Um, yeah. But that but that's a side point. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that's like you know you hope they do well, but they very possibly could bomb, and that's not mm -hmm. a good thing. But you know. No. Um. But yeah, with that, let's get into the card because uh, that's what people care about. Um, so in the opener, Indeed. you have uh, Azumi versus Hina versus Lady C. Um, I assume Azumi will get the win here. Uh, oh, yeah, that's just... It's just a match, really, isn't it? Yeah, the 
who do you do you have the name for the person who did the uh the press conference stuff because i'm going to be referencing that a little bit i do not i don't have the name fuck man i can't i'll find it there was somebody different at the press conference yeah remember you sent it to me on twitter man like it's a google document of all of the press conference but oh it, the it, translation it, it doesn't say who yes the translations Shh. yeah i don't know You'd have to scroll up in our DMs. God. Oh, man. Okay, well, there there was this lovely uh, person. I'm I, not sure. I don't want to assume their gender. Oh, I'm not sure who. But, yeah, I'll, I'll get the name in a minute. But they did the translations of all of the press conference stuff, and it's very much appreciated. I thank them very much. I will get the name in a few minutes. But Azumi basically said, yeah, um, I am doing the first match again, and it's going to be free on YouTube again. And I am the one that the company trusts to do the first match because I'm so fucking good. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna start the show with some heat, y'all. I'm gonna beat the fuck out of everybody. And that's basically what what she said. Okay. Um, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> a little, a little, you know, adverb. But you know, you, you go. I mean, okay. Uh, um, I found the name of the person that yeah. uh translated. So their Thank you. their Twitter at is uh, at it's Dana now. Uh, the so the I is capitalized, the D is a capital, and the N is capital. So it's Dana now. Um, so yeah, she she translated it, and uh, we thank her for that. Okay. So go yes. follow her. Yeah, because I I was like I was like like I was trying to I I'm not good at multitasking if you guys couldn't tell. So I was like trying to go through my Twitter and figure shit out while I was talking. And I was just like rambling at that point. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, thank yeah, you so very very much to her. Yes, so basically, Azumi is disenfranchised with uh, these low placement on the cards, is, is the benefit, is it? Or is she just being like, yeah, I, they trust me because I'm the best? She's 100% being serious that it's like, oh, well, you know, this is the this is the match that everybody sees the most because it's free and it's the opener and, you know, I'm starting the show. Like, she's she takes pride in it. She's not as much... I probably made it sound like she was like, yeah, whatever, assholes. Mm. But yeah, Azumi, Azumi's cool with it. Momo in the next match, very much not cool with it. Okay, right. Um, yeah, so it, as you said, Momo versus uh, Mina Shirakawa is the next match on the card. Um, didn't they wrestle late last year in a singles match? I feel I like, believe so. I feel like it was um, one of Mina's first matches. I think they did, actually. Cause I feel like yeah. I feel like I remember them wrestling singles. Yeah, and it was good from what I remember as well. Like we were kind of shocked at the time, I think, by how good it was. Yeah, and and ironically enough, that's what Mina is is basing this match off of. Um, it's another one of those matches, and I feel like this is just Cosmic Angels matches in general that don't involve Tam, where it's like, oh, I need to prove myself because everybody thinks Tam's better than me because she actually wins matches. Um, so, you know, it's another one where it's like, Mina's like, I want to prove that I'm just as good as everybody else. And in this case, she's doing it in a matter of like match quality. She says this is going to be her best match to date. Um, and then Momo's like, I don't want to have a good match. I don't give a fuck. I just want to beat you. Like, what? like, shut up. Like, I'm in, and, and Momo, you know, just so everybody's aware, her home prefecture is Kanagawa, which is where Yokohama is located. She's very, very upset. That she is in the second match of the of the show in her hometown. Um, she's very not happy about that. And yeah, do you did you you know know anything about this? Um, yeah, I feel like they've they've kind of built to this with uh, the tag match, and there was some or the trios match, the artist title match. Um, and yeah, the I feel like 
this one as much as mean as like, oh, it's going to be the best match. I think there's also going to be something to prove for both of them. Um, so there's going to be a bit more intensity from them than in the match they had in November. So I'm actually quite excited to see what they can produce. Um, I feel like this is going to play into whatever is going on between the Queen's Quest and Cosmic Angels, because obviously those two groups aren't done with each other based on the booking of this show. Um, so it's interesting to see how this plays in going forward or... You know, if Momo just wins and then, you know, Mina has to wait and kind of beat her in a third match or whatever. Um, so I'm quite interested in this one as far as just how it plays into the future and also how, you know, the story could add to it. Yeah, and it's, I, I forgot to add a little bit of an element to this, Um, is that it's sort of based around the idea of like wrestling experience versus world experience, right? Because Momo is 10 years younger than Mina, but she's also four years longer of a wrestler than Mina. So it's like one of those things where it's like Momo went to the old Azumi verbiage of you are an old, old lady and I will beat you and I don't give a fuck because you are old. Ha ha. You are a old person. Um, that, That's basically what Momo has been saying um, on Twitter a lot and, you know, at the press conference and whatnot. She also says something very interesting that we talked a little bit about. Um, I don't think it was last week. It was probably like over text is that Momo says uh, that she is only interested in one old lady as of right now, which either alludes to Tam or Nanai. And, you know, Nanai is the more interesting one, but, you know, it could be Tam, it could be that she wants to, you know, take the white belt back. So that that's sort of, you know, loosely translated is that she's only aiming for one old lady right now. So that's an interesting point of view. Do you have any, any comments on that? Because uh, I imagine this is like the first match on her road to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, like based on the that by Nanai as well, where she was like, I hope somebody else in Stardom stands up to me. So I feel like Nanai will be back. So I think Momo could be referencing Nanai. But yeah, it's equally possible that she's talking about Tam and that she does want the uh, the white belt back. Yeah, um, I think either of them would be pretty interesting. And I think Momo winning here is sort of necessary to further along that, you know, line of thinking where it's like, oh, I am solely aiming for this one old ass motherfucker. I don't give a fuck about anybody else. And, you know, she has to beat all the other old ladies. <laughs> I, I feel bad calling them old ladies because they're literally like 30 years old. But it's like, that's literally the entire story is that Momo's like, these are old ladies. And I'm just like, okay. Um she also calls her a useless old hag, oh, wow. which is, yeah, it sounds like Deshaun. Um, <laughs> sounds like something he would say. Uh, I think I know where he gets it from. Did we go but one yeah, episode it, without mentioning him? <laughs> yeah, we probably should. Can you cut that? Can you like bleep at that so that he doesn't get any like any like I I feel like that would just be like I think there's yeah I'm, I'm mentioning him too much. <laughs> so bleep his name out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you know. I'm sure it'll be a good match. I think Momo should win, because uh, I think Momo should win basically every non-title match she's in, because if she doesn't, she starts to lo look really, really bad. It, she already looks bad, I'll be honest, but, you know. Yeah, she'd definitely look worse taking a, a loss to the, uh, I think, the clear number Useless three in Cosmic Angels, but um, we'll have to wait and see. Because or that, yeah. I'm also not sure <laughs> that the Cosmic Angels will lose both of these matches, because I definitely see... Uh, Sai Kamatani winning the next match, which is uh, Saya versus Unagi Sayaka. Um, 
not only am I really interested in this match, I'm really interested in who wins, because these are obviously two people that uh, Stardom are going to push in the future. Uh, they've made that very clear, that they're high on both. Um, and they're both just kind of insane to a point that I think they could have an, an incredible match together, just out of nowhere, because they are both nuts, like, let's be honest, in different ways. Because Unagi is just like, I want everybody to beat the shit out of me, and Saya is like, I am going to be Hayabusa too. Um, so this could be wild, um, and I, I'm interested in who wins, because obviously I think we're going to see them wrestle a lot um, down the line, especially in big, big matches. So it's interesting to see here who's going to win the first encounter. Um, and also just who wins this one and who wins the Momo and Mina match. Because, you know, if Cuckoo uh, goes two for two, that's a pretty good day for Cuckoo. But it's also bad for the Angels, who have been looking pretty strong lately. Yeah, it's it's sort of funny because, like, Nagi was talking a lot of shit about Kamatani about Kamatani not being able to, like, put her money where her mouth is and, you know, not really being able to, you know, deliver to the level that she should be. And then I was thinking about it, and I looked it up. Unagi has won two singles matches in her career, ever. She's won two <laughs> matches. So it's like putting your money where your mouth is isn't really a thing that Unagi can, you know, talk about. But that's besides the point. Um, Yeah, I think Saya has to win this one again. I think that on the show, QQ should go four for four because obviously, you know, get them out of the mud, please, Jesus. Um, well, four for five because you know Azumi and Hina are in the same match. But you know, it's it's one of those cases where it's like I don't, don't think Unagi, no matter how much they want her to be, you know, the the top or like a you know rising star, I think that she's always going to at least fall short of Saya levels. You know, that's just how I think about it. And I think that Sai should definitely win this one because of that fact. Nagi hasn't won a match since 2019. Won a singles match, I should say. Since 2019, you know, she's won two singles matches ever. I don't think they should sacrifice Saya as her first singles victory. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. That that does make sense. Um, and especially because you can probably go back to this match. And, uh, you know, Nagi is kind of the underdog. So definitely, I think them facing off again with uh, Unagi being, you know, 0-1 against Saya makes sense. So I can see your, your reasoning there. Yeah, and it, it's kind of funny, because, like, in the press conference, it really did not, like, Unagi was not the underdog. She was very much being the, the Momo Watanabe of this match. And I was like, what? Like, who are, like, who are you acting like you are? Like, she has seven matches that she loses mercilessly, and then she acts like she's like the goat, and it's really weird. And it was hold, like sort of hold, funny. Hold, um, hold your of... fucking horses there. Unagi Saka beat what? Chigusa Nagayo, Kyoku Inoue, and Emi Sakura in one night. You put some respect on that name. In a battle royal. Yeah, but that in that a doesn't battle matter. royal. That, no, shh, shh, that doesn't matter. Okay. Shh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. Uh, I can oh, get what you oh, mean, though. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite, one of my favorite lines from from that press conferences, um, from this very specific match is, Saya is Unagi saying something stupid, and then Saya being like, "Are you mocking you? Are you mocking me?" And Unagi's like, "I am mocking you." <laughs> like it's just like such a clean, like just like, "Are you mocking me?" Yes. Yeah, I that seems so like Saya, because Saya is a bit 
odd, isn't she? Like she's just oh, you could definitely Saya see her doing is that. something else, man. Saya is something else. But it's endearing. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like Mayu, where it's like you're an oddball, but it's I, I like it, you know. Yeah, I, I respect it. I, I think I agree with you in a way that it's like, oh, this match is probably going to be something more than I'm expecting, but my my you know expectations are low because it could be quite you know boring uh, if neither of them really want to show out for the third match on the card. So you know, hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst in this sort of way. That's fair. Um, I suppose we'll get on to this now. Um, this is the match that's probably going to cause a lot of controversy. <sighs> So uh, this is the all-out war elimination match between Stars and Oweda Tai. Uh, the losing member, i.e. the last member eliminated, has to join the other faction. Uh, the teams are Mayu Utani. That's a Sai really Ida. stupid stipulation. Yes, it is. But the teams are Mayu Utani, Sai Ida, Starlight Kid, Hanan, and Gokigan Death against Natsuko Tora, Roka, Konami, Saki Kashima, and Rina. My thought process is that Stars have straight up said, if we win, we are not taking any of you to embarrass you. I think that is probably the most likely result, because then you get, it's basically a cop-out, but also Stars gets the big win, and they get to feel like they've accomplished something. I think a way to tie winning would, you know, it, it just wouldn't work as well. Like, I don't think anybody from Stars would prosper there, because it's already a faction that's kind of not utilizing everybody to their, you know, to the best that they can. So to add in somebody like a Hanan or a Gogi and Death would just add to the, not not so much the dead weight, but it'd basically just be another person to eat pins in in a way to tie. Um, and like short of Starlight Kid or Mayu going, it just wouldn't be interesting. So I feel like the the best result is just Stars winning, and it's being like, yeah, no, we don't want anybody. Or stars taking Tora because that'd be pretty funny, um, but even then, I think that would end up backfiring on them because Tora just—I don't know—Tora as a babyface again isn't what people want, I'd imagine. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Star is straight up saying, "Yeah, we're not taking anybody." It gives them the out, but this is a stardom, and sometimes they do random shit just to do it. And I could definitely see a way to tie taking somebody like Saida, uh, to the much to the detriment of her and Stars. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like they wanted to do the old Oedo Tai Queen's Quest thing and they somehow forgot the most important aspect of it, which is specifically, you know, um sacrificing your least important member or what you perceive as the least important member. Where it's like back in the day, if you guys don't know, it was a couple years ago, so I'm sure some of you guys are new. There was this match in Queen's Quest and Oedo Tai. It was a five on five elimination, last person eliminated, um has to leave the faction forever. Uh, the loser, or the, the way that they did this, however, was it was a gauntlet type match where, you know, you would lose a member and then your next member would come out. You'd lose a member until you have one member left. If that member loses, then she has to leave. Um, so Queen's Quest and Oedo Tai both put up Tam Nakano and Momo Watsunabe because they were their weakest links. That's what they perceived, was that their weakest links was Momo and Tam, and whoever lost between their weakest links would leave. And that's sort of that's sort of what made sense was that it's like, oh, well, you as a team have to decide who you are willing to sacrifice for this match. However, in this match, it's not who you're willing to sacrifice. It's who's the best member on that day, like who can survive the longest. Like Rena 
could be the weakest link and lose in five seconds, but she's safe because she lost first. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make sense at all, quite frankly. You know, it's like, oh, so whoever whoever can survive the longest against this team is going to no longer be... Like, it doesn't... It I don't know. To me, it feels like they're trying to do this old thing that everybody liked, but they're doing it just, like, slightly differently, but all of those slight differences are, like, ruin it completely. And I'm just not a fan of, of the stipulation in general. I'm not a fan of, like, the possible outcomes because there's really no positive outcome out of any of this, save for, you know, Mayu becoming John Cena um, and, you know, when he joined the Nexus and destroying a Widow Tie from the inside. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think as well as it, that... It, I don't like this. Like, the if they are trying to recapture that 2018 match, the factions back then were... I wouldn't say more important, but it was a lot more, the identity was a lot more established. Like back then, either of a way to tie or Queen's Quest losing a member was a big deal. But I mean, Stars has barely been a set faction for six months, and a way to tie has just had two children join their ranks turning on a Stars. Like, there's just been so much turmoil that it's almost like, oh, we're just going to lose another member. It's not as impactful as it was back then, because obviously, like, you know, somebody leaving Queen's Quest in 2018 was a much bigger deal than another person leaving Stars in 2021 because three people have left Stars in the last nine months. Like, and that's just it, you know? Like, it would just be another one. Um, So, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where something they're trying to do something that used to matter, but it doesn't matter anymore because they've done so much with the factions of oh well they left and oh they turned on this person and it's like you can only do that for so long before it stops having the return that you want and uh, I think this match is probably victim of that because it's kind of like well I don't want to see anybody leave because we've barely had these factions for um, you know a month or two like like, like literally the away to tie lineup as it is has been the way it is for about a month with Raraka there. And then Rina was gone for a while as well. So she feels like a fresh new addition. So she barely feels like a member as well. So it's like it's one of them leaving, it would just be a big shoulder shrug for me. Like I wouldn't care and it wouldn't make sense either. Um, so I just think they've they've kind of shot themselves in the foot by doing this after throwing people around in these two factions specifically so much. And uh, I just, you know, as well as that, it's it's just a case where it's too soon almost like i know saki turned on mayu last january but they had the blow off to that and then to go back to this and for mayu's breaking point to be some 16 year old child who teamed with them once it just doesn't really it's not the same you know had it been starlight kid that turned and mayu was like right i'm gonna wage war on you fuckers totally get it totally understand then but what reason did she have to go, okay, well, Rocka left, so I'm going to wage war, you know? And it's just, it's so inorganic. And it's one of those things that Stardom has done a lot lately where it's like, you're telling me things are happening and that, you know, these people hate each other, but you've given me no reason to believe that that's actually true outside of a tweet or whatever, you know? Like, I, I don't, Yeah. It, you need a lot more investment in this match and a lot more build-up than it's got. And I, I feel like you could have excused that until the actual promos start happening. Because it's like you could have excused it as like, oh, Mayu is just done with all of the bullshit she has to deal with over the past fucking forever. That this was her last straw losing Ruka and just getting really upset and being like, you know what? No, I'm fucking up a way to tie. But then 
couple days later, it's like, oh yeah, I guess we're fighting away. That uh, I don't give a fuck. I whatever, man. Like it, it didn't maintain. Like you could have excused it, but then they didn't maintain the excuse properly. If that makes sense. Um, back to the match itself. I think personally. I don't think the cop-out's going to happen. I think if, if Stars wins, it's going to be like, oh, Oedo Tai's go- I don't know. I uh, You know what? I don't even fucking know. Because we've talked about this, and it's like all of my thought on, thoughts on it were like, oh, well, why the fuck would that make sense either? Like, Because none of this makes sense, because it's all really stupid. This match and this stipulation is very stupid. I think there's going to be an evil clown, and that's going to be annoying. No more fun clown stuff. Whatever, man. Um, uh, um, if you had to pick, who do you think wins? I think Oedotai wins and takes uh, Goku in death. Okay. See, I think Stars wins. I, uh... And I've been on that bandwagon from the start, but especially because, um, as you said, Dragon Moon, uh, at 1222 Dragon Moon on Twitter, um, they translated that interview with Mayu where she was like, oh, well, I want the white belt now. And I think... Mayu versus Tam is probably the direction for Ota Ward, or else uh, the the next Yokohama show, which is in like June or July. I think Mayu. Like July fourth. Yeah, so Mayu winning this feud and then going on to you know face Tam is see it just seems to make sense to me for her to win a big feud and then go back and put over Tam because if you have Mayu go into that feud with Tam having lost this and looking like a loser again, it's not going to be as impactful as the Mayu who slayed Oedotai uh, putting over Tam. You know, so I think, to me, that interview definitely drove home that Stars is winning this, not only because of Stars basically saying, fuck the stipulation, but because Mayu has, you know, big goals in mind and will basically be putting over somebody that they see as a big star. So I think that, to me, makes the most sense. While I can understand your point of view, I just don't see why they would, you know, throw Goki and Death to a different faction, you know? Because they're stupid. And also because I think that the idea of... Oh, Jesus, fuck. Because <laughs> of the idea that, that all of Jungle's old core... Jesus! <laughs> Always time. noise. Always every noise when I'm trying to speak. To, every time. Every time. But because I think that all of Jungle's old teammates being gone by the time she comes back, that's probably what they're going for. But then again, they've never put that much stock into Jungle. So I don't understand why they would sacrifice an entire fucking faction's, you know, like infrastructure just to make Jungle's return story, you know. I don't know. Like, I, I don't get why they would do that when they've never cared about Jungle before to that degree. But I think that's probably what they're doing. Um, and, you know, not even at the detriment just of, of Stars' infrastructure, but also to add unneeded weight to Oedo ties and make that a, a less, you know, meaningful group. It really, this doesn't help anybody except for Jungle, and they've never wanted to help Jungle before. So I don't understand why they would do it. So I think that the cop-out would probably be best. You know, I'd probably be the coolest with it, even though it's a cop-out and stupid. But, I don't know. It, it's... it's. Mm, I don't like any of the possibilities, because there's no positive one. Um, if they if they get rid of Starlight Kid, then it's like, that's just going to piss me off, like, more than anything, because it's like, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that 
I wanted like two years ago and they're like two years late, but it's, and I feel like they do that a lot with Oedo Tai where it's like, oh, back in the day, like I really loved Oedo Tai. Oedo Tai was my favorite thing ever. And I was like, oh, well, there's this, there's a couple things I would like, you know, like, oh, they should probably get like a younger wrestler in it because it's all, you know, people who can't really get pinned. Oh, they should do this. They should do that and whatever. And they didn't do it. And then two years later, when it doesn't make sense to do it, and I would hate if they did it, they just start doing those things. And it's like, oh, I asked for this two years ago when this was still a good faction, but now they're doing it, and now I'm upset about it. Um, so yeah, if 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 Starlight Kid goes, that would probably piss me off. Ida going, you don't know how much that would annoy me. Like, again, Mayu going would be like interesting. Nasco going to Stars would be interesting, but it's like I don't think that that would help anybody unless there was like a very long-term story between Mayu um, joining Oedotai and then eventually going back or something. Like, I don't know, like there's ways you could do this, but it's very WWE-esque, you know what I mean? Where it's like this, the, the outcome is going to be bad unless you go real, real, like, you know, gimmicky about it. And even so, I don't even think I would really want that out of this match. So I think a cop-out probably would be best. And I hate saying that because I hate cop-outs, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I just yeah, I think the 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 copo finish just is the cleanest way of doing it, and probably the best for both factions. Um, I, I mean, obviously you could have them take Ida, and I don't think the world would be broken, but I think Stars would be hurt by uh, losing. I her. would be broken. You I would, would be broken. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just don't want this to happen, and I don't think anyone does. Everybody's kind of like, yeah, that's that's happening, and yeah. And I mean, if they do something it's really similar, cool, we'll be the first to the... people to say that it's really cool and that we're very excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. It's one of those things, that, it's funny that Bushiroad's doing this on the same day too, that like, it's the same thing with the um, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I know I've mentioned this twice now today, but it's similar where it's like, nobody wants it. Like one person in the com- like like one wrestler in the company actually wants this match to happen, and it doesn't really make sense, and nobody really like cares, and you know everybody around it's like, why are we doing this? All of the fans are like, I don't want this to happen. It's, but they are very stubborn about th- that sort of thing, and it kind of sucks because you know, I don't think this makes sense whatsoever. But we can we can move on because we've been talking about this for. God knows how long, and I've just been getting more frustrated about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, the next match is uh, the Wonder of Stardom Championship match between Tam Nakano and Natsupoi. Um, this has been built kind of well. They kind of hate each other, and there's a reason for it, because obviously they, they they know each other going back to their days in Actress Girls, and Poi at the press conference was like ripping up photos, and was like, yeah, I used to like you, but now you're just a horrible bitch, and uh, <laughs> it was great. And, um, yeah, they work really well together, so I think they'd have a good match. Like, a, they probably might steal the show if they they do well. Um, but, yeah, Tam is obviously winning, because this is defense number one. Yeah, to say there's a lot of melodrama going into this one uh-huh. is an understatement. I wrote out a long page of notes about this match that I eventually deleted because I was just like, this is too much to like just talk about on a podcast. Because like there's so much that just like goes into this really, you know, a couple of weeks ago, no, like this match wasn't even on people's radar. And now it's like there's so much that they put into it um, just from the past and from the present, all that. And it, it lines up with the old thing that I always say in that Tam has a lot of issues 
in the way that she reacts to situations and interacts with other people and just is in general like her personality is so like very specifically fucked up in multiple ways and this sort of like is a insight into that where it's like she belittles and dismisses Natsupoi who is supposed to be her friend or her old friend at least and she just like justifies every toxic behavior every time she's an asshole and just says that oh well I fought hard to be a champion so of course I was going to you know belittle and 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 bully you and you know leave you behind and then you know when you came not be nice to you and then you know of course I had to leave my you and like like she's just a not nice person and she justifies it by saying how hard she worked and how many hardships she's been through which is an interesting sort of like behavior especially a very interesting one to like be a focal point of this match at least to me uh and Natsupoi, being a victim of Tam's shitty behavior, has simply not let shit go. And she's going to kill her because of it. Um, and that's sort of funny to me. I, I like this match. I like the story. Um, I kind of butchered it because I'm trying to get through it in less than a half hour. But I, I think this is a pretty interesting story overall. Natsupoi is definitely losing. But them playing on the fact that Tam is a far better storytelling wrestler than she is a, you know, like athletic you know like you know fighting wrestler at this point in time um it's probably the best to do for her first defense before she has to you know go to that bell to bell place where it's like oh well this is a wrestler who i don't really have a long storied history with and i'm going to defend against them in a decent match like it's 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 good that they're doing this for her first match instead of you know a match against micah or something um for no real reason mm-hmm. uh but yeah i'm 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 interested in it yeah, no, I gotcha. Um, but yeah, like, I think my main thing is just that I hope it's a good match, you know, and I think they've established some backstory enough to where they can ramp up the aggression and it won't feel, you know, unnatural. And uh, I think if they play off that, they will do very well. Um, but yeah, there's not really much else to say there because, yeah, Tam is winning, you know. But um, moving on to the World of Stardom Championship match, uh, Tammy Haishishta defends against B Priestley. Um, I think this one might actually be... Okay, how do I put this? Do you remember that time Cody, I think it was, wrestled for the, the IWGP heavyweight title? And it was an excellent match in that everybody was afraid of their fucking lives that he was going to win the belt. So that added oh, yeah. so much drama to it to, that almost made it good. And I think this could be similar because obviously we're going to be watching this live and the fear of them putting the belt on B Priestley is going to make this so much more dramatic down the stretch. And I think Utami plays off that sort of stuff really well. Yeah. So I could see this being I mean, excellent for in all a way, the wrong reasons. In a way. Because I also remember a lot of the, excuse me, a lot of the live um, B Priestley matches have not been good. Um, most of them, actually, that I can remember, have not been particularly good. Even though I have been praying that she loses every single time uh so i i agree with you that's like this this sort of sense of like please do not put the belt on her and it's realistically they could put the belt on her just like later in that day they could put the belt on will and i will be watching equally as terrified of that happening on soccer genesis but i i don't think i'm as you know like ready for that i'm more like please just you know it's easter sunday please god you know it's 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 one of your holidays just 
don't don't do this to me. You know, that that's sort of how I'm thinking about it. Uh hopefully Utami retains and moves on to a program that is befitting of a world champion because up to this point she has been treated like a champion in name alone because I feel like she's just been really not given the ball to run with um since what since Micah I guess mm, yeah and you know that match was fine but like it's it's been really hard for her to you know and I don't think it's her fault because I think that every time she's been asked to show up she's showed up and she's showed out and she's been incredible um and her confidence is there her charisma is there she's really 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 good at everything um so I don't think it's her fault I think it's just a victim of circumstances and a victim of you know poor management in my opinion so hopefully after this match after she you know beats b in the rubber match two years in the making or whatever she can finally move on to something worthwhile and you know interesting yeah i mean i think i would maybe give them credit for this story because b has been made to look like her biggest threat yet to the point where i could definitely 100 percent see them putting the belt on her just and I think that says a lot, you know, because I think Utami hasn't had that yet. And so I think giving her that to play off of and the backstory of, you know, B having her number in every previous match just makes this... It makes it definitely worthy of a world title match and definitely should be main eventing given the the long backstory that's going into it. So I think saying that, oh, she should move on to something, you know, a good story befitting of her and her championship is probably... You know, it's probably a bit of a, it's undermining how well they've done to present B as such a big threat. And I mean, as much as it's, I understand that you don't like it because it's B and I get that. I think it would be unfair of us to say that they haven't done a great job with the build to this match and making her just a huge threat to Utami and some, you know, it could definitely lead to a very, very dramatic an excellent match if they can play into it properly. You know, I concede you are correct in that way, but that makes me even more worried because this is a well-built match for all intents and purposes, and it's still second to Julia. And that oh, yeah. is worrying to me. Well, I mean, it's like, Julia. B... <laughs> but it's Utami. She's the world champion. And it's B. She got beat up by her his, her boyfriend. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I know that, that, that was a mm, lot. yeah, um, but I don't know, like, it feels like this should matter more, I guess, like, cause you're right, like, they have made it so that, oh, this is supposed to matter, but even Utami mattering at her most, like, even this, ma- even though it matters as much as it possibly could, she's still second to Julia, and that's not good, honestly, like, it, like, and I like Julia, but that's just not what I like to see. Yeah. Like, she's the world champion. Come on. Yeah, I mean, we could talk all day about the fact that they've uh, upstaged Utami again. Um, but, you know, look, at the end of the day, DDM are the ones that are on all the magazine covers. They're the cover photo, uh, yeah, the cover photo of the English Stardom Twitter account. You know, it's DDM, so I'm not at all shocked. Uh, as much as I would rather, you know, a well-built Utami match go on last, given she is the world champion. But, you know... This is how it is. Um, speaking of that main event, though, the Goddess of Stardom Championships, Micah and Himeka defend against Julia and Siri. <sighs> you know, 
I was very sure that this match was built to have uh, Julia take the pin to one of uh, Micah or Himeka to continue her story of her being kind of off her mojo. And now I'm can I just there's that doubt in my mind. I think they're gonna give her and Siri the belts, and I don't want that to happen because it would just kill the great story work that they've done with her over the past month. But I just feel like that's what's happening. I don't know. I know I'm I'm worried personally because I don't want Micah and Himika to lose the belts. I feel like, uh, I I wrote down a lot about the story of you know that i was pro- projecting from the you know press conference and whatnot but now it's starting to become like oh no it's it's just julian sherry's gonna win in the main event because why wouldn't they win in the main event and i'm not a big fan of that uh i think that sherry and julia should lose let me mm-hmm. get that out of the way i think they should lose i think micah and jumbo are the best tag team since Aphrodite, uh, you know, since to, you know, be a serious tag team because they've been presented as a serious tag team. Whereas, you know, I just haven't really felt that with basically any other tag team since, you know, the early Aphrodite uh, tag run against Micah and Jumbo. Coincidentally, uh, I think that they are one of the best tag teams, period, and they should continue to um, hold the straps. But there's a reason why this is the main event and i have a feeling that it's uh the road to julia's redemption starts with her winning a tag team championship because the championship doesn't matter it's julia who matters and you know somebody who wants to like julia who enjoys more matches than i hate of hers nowadays this very much frustrates me Mm -hmm. um because it makes me not want to like her you know what I mean? Because it makes yeah. me feel like Micah and Jumbo are a great tag team. They work seamlessly together. They are incredible together. They, you know, are the most wholesome fucking tag team in history. They are, you know, like, I just enjoy seeing them wrestle together. I enjoy I enjoy them as a team. So, why would you sacrifice that? And we talk about our love for tag team wrestling all the time. I think that my biggest pet peeve is when they sacrifice the tag team championship and tag team division for something that doesn't need it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like look at fucking Braun Strowman beating every single tag team in WWE a couple years ago alone with a child. Like, like, yeah, it was funny, but it's like, dude, like you are like, I, again, I don't like using the word buried, but you are ruining, you are burying a division that has so much potential and that has so much to offer. And in this case, if Julia and Shuri win the belts, it's going to feel like, oh yeah, Julia has a championship around her waist. What championship is it? Who cares? Julia's holding it. And I don't like that. Um, I also think that Micah and Himika have a tag team finisher that they've been teasing for a month now. Mm-hmm. They can use it, hit it on Julia, win, hit it on Shuri and win, and it would make the tag belts feel important. It would it wouldn't take away from Shuri and Julia because they are singles wrestlers. And it's like, oh well yeah, we lost to a tag team move because they're a better tag team than us. But Julia, me Julia is a better singles wrestler. Shuri is a better singles wrestler. And then Micah and Himika are the good tag team wrestlers. I think that's the best way out of this. That's the, you know, best way to not hurt anybody's reputation, make everybody look good, you know, 
continue that Julia storyline of her not necessarily being the top, top, top dog forever. And I think that's the best way to do it. I don't think they're going to do that anymore. And I'm upset about it. Uh, so, yeah, I've been rambling a lot. You can go ahead. Yeah, no, I think I also would like to see Micah and Himeka just pin Julia and be like, look, we're the better tag team. Because um, I also feel like Micah or Himeka is probably winning Cinderella. So that would set them up mm-hmm. for a world title match pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I think with Julia and Siri looking more like a team and kind of how things have been building with the tension between the two teams, it seems like they have set the stage for Julia and Siri to win the belts and that to be what keeps Julia away from the title scene. Um, but I could equally just see them doing some good storytelling and having Julia lose and continuing her rise back up the card because that is the best way to do it because if she just goes back to winning again straight away you're going to lose a lot of the people who are interested i think even i will have to hand wave the story at that point because you cannot have this whole oh i'm redeeming myself i'm starting again i'm ball now and then a month later win the tag belts in the main event of a of a big arena it just it wouldn't work for me and i'd have to hand wave it um but i think I hope common sense prevails on that uh, Himeka just pins Julia and continues their little thing of kind of not liking each other. And then, you know, Himeka just goes on to challenge Utami because that would be great. And I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, it's it's strange that the match and the match quality is secondary because we're both just going to be like biting our nails hoping that uh, Mahime wins. But um, I feel I, like that's I, a lot of this card, though. I feel like a lot of, I think that's, maybe I have been, you know, underselling this card because while the matches don't particularly interest me, um, bell to bell, save for maybe Momo and Mina, um, Unagi, Talsaya, maybe, but maybe they don't interest me, you know, bell to bell. A lot of them have a lot of, you know, implications, um, story implications going into them. And I don't think I've been, you know, given it the proper respect, even though a lot of those stories I don't like. Um, they do have me invested to a certain level, so I will I will give them that prop. That's like the you're right. The work the the work rate is secondary for a lot of these matches. I just want my person to win. I just want you know no casualties in the stars away to time match. You know it's like I it's it's a lot of story matches. So I respect that, though you know I am very much ready to be disappointed at the end of the show because of a couple of miss you know misses in my opinion so yeah uh, uh a lot riding on the show I, yeah. I think i've i'm i'm turning around on it because there <laughs> is a lot of you know implications there's a lot of important mm-hmm. implications i should say there are uh and i'm i'm quite excited to see what they do and what they pull off um but yeah i think that's i think we're done an hour and 40 minutes in <laughs> now we've, we've we've got through it all we're gonna have a hell of a time editing that bullshit, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> On both of our ends. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I suppose uh, just to say, uh, we don't have anything planned regarding uh, post-show reactions for the, the Cinderella show. I suppose we'll make it up as it goes along based on our schedules. Uh, we'll be back next week anyway to to preview Cinderella. And uh, hopefully we'll have a clearer picture of the Cinderella tournament by then, because right now it's really up in the air. There's at least like five of the 20 people that could win it. Um, and yeah, I, I suppose... think Gogi and Death's going to win. Of course. 
Um, but yeah, let's hope that when we next talk to you, Dylan isn't ripping his hair out because uh, his faves have gone to a way to tie. <laughs> Man, I'm just gonna shave my head. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna go like Julia, you know. Yeah, that's not a. Threat. Her hair's grown back really quickly. It has. It reminds me of mine though, because I used to get a cut, and then I'd go like two weeks later, and the barber would be like, "Why is your hair so thick already?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Yeah. Yeah. See, it reminds me of it reminds me of Suzuki's back when he decided to grow it out for some reason. It was the weirdest thing ever, mm. and I was, and it's just like, why did you do that exactly? It looks like weird. Uh, like you have a faux hawk, and it's like, it's, <laughs> please stop. Um, but yeah, man, I'm man. Right. <laughs> if Saya if if Saya goes to Wado Tai, I'm going to set myself on fire, much okay. like Kane. Right. That that don't do that. That that's not good. I won't. Okay. I mean, Kane didn't. So, well, he he set Jr. on fire. I'll set Jr. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> well, okay, you can set the fiend on fire. That's that's a threat. Yeah, I'll, I'll set the fiend on fire. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I suppose I'll close the show now. So that you can, we can stop talking. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Uh, if you want to stand, you may stand. If you want to sit, you may sit. Believe today, shine I'm tomorrow. Sitting, brother. Okay. Believe today, shine tomorrow. You decide what you believe in. Ijo. Ijo.